السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونستهدي ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله العظيم من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهدي الله تعالى فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد يحيي ويميت وهو حي لا يموت بيده الخير وهو على كل شيء قدير وأشهد أن محمد عبده ورسوله وصفيه وخليل أدى الأمانة وبلغ الرسالة ونصح للأمة وكشف الغمة وتركنا على المحجة البيضاء ليلها كنهارها لا يزيغ عنها إلا هالك فعليه أقوم الصلاة وتم التسليم وعلى آله وصحبه ومن استنى بسنته إلى يوم الدين اللهم اجعلنا منهم ومن الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر آمين رب العالمين وأوصيكم نفسي بتقوى الله وقد أمرنا بالحق وقال تعالى يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا ما أنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما ثم أما بعد We begin by bearing witness to the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asking him to send his peace and blessings upon his messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the prophets and messengers that came before his family and companions that served alongside of him and those that follow in his blessed path until the day of judgment we ask Allah to make us amongst them Allahumma ameen Uh, Dear brothers and sisters, as we are now one week into Ramadan, I actually wanted to reflect on a discussion that usually comes up in the beginning of Ramadan when you go over some of the, uh, when, is it, is it really no audio or is it just me? (laughs) All right, I'm going to try this again. Okay. If any of you can hear me, can you please give a thumbs up? If not, then I'm just going to have to go. Okay. So the sound is on your end, inshallah. So I'm going to go ahead and start over again, okay? (laughs) All right. There is audio. Okay. I kept seeing the comments that said there is no audio. All right. Alhamdulillah. So you need to press the sound, inshallah, and then you'll be able to hear. Um, All right. Where was I? Uh, speaking about shayateen being locked up, meaning uh, it's not just the shayateen that are locked up, but also sometimes our technological uh, capacities are locked up as well. So I was worried about my microphone being messed up. I know that we've had an issue. So I'm going to start over, inshallah ta'ala. Alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala adihi wa sahbihi man wala. So as we're one week into Ramadan, and there's a lot of uh, debate or a lot of discussion that often comes in accordance with a hadith that is spoken about as we're getting into the month of Ramadan, which is when the Prophet وسلم, said, when the month of Ramadan comes, that when the month of Ramadan comes, the doors, the gates of paradise are opened. In one narration, the Prophet said, the doors of mercy are opened uh, and the gates of hellfire are shut. And the shayateen, sufidat al-shayateen, the devils are chained away, the devils are locked away. And there's a technical discussion to have about this hadith, and then there's also something to reflect upon as far as what the implications are at a deeper level, inshallah ta'ala. The first part of this is the technical part, 
which is that if all of the devils are locked up, why is it that we still have issues? Why do we still sin? Why do we still get into it with one another? Why do we still feel temptation? Why do we still hear whispers? Why is it that we still end up in the same situations? And in some situations, you know, we feel uh, even worse, right? When Ramadan comes around, we might, some people would actually say that uh, I'm, I'm feeling depressed because I'm not able to reach the goals that I had and I still feel distant from Allah and we're already one week in Ramadan and I don't know what's going to happen. So why is there still an, an issue or why do we still sin and why do we still have the same issues in many situations that we had before Ramadan? Uh, the second technical part of this is, are all of the shayateen locked away or are some of them locked away? And so there's a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, another narration of Tirmidhi, where the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that maradat al-shayateen, that the, uh, the big devils, meaning uh, in the hierarchy of shayateen, in the hierarchy of devils, there are those that command the smaller shayateen, the smaller devils to go out and to attack the people. And it is the big shayateen that are locked away. And the small shayateen, including the qareen, including the one who whispers to every one of us individually, those are still there. So your qareen that, that the Prophet ﷺ talked about that is with you is still there. But the big shayateen that command them and that move things forward constantly and try their best to dissuade the people from acts of worship, to sway them towards acts of disobedience, those are the ones that are locked away. So the big shayateen are locked away, the small ones are still there. And some of the scholars said, in fact, all of them are locked away, right? But again, that hadith of the Prophet seems to indicate that it's only a set of devils that are locked away, a set of shayateen that are locked away. What are the implications of this hadith though for us? And how do we actually keep our shayateen locked away, our devils locked away for good? Not just in the month of Ramadan, but after the month of Ramadan. The first thing that we should reflect upon is where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, that the only thing that the devils can do is they can whisper. They put ideas, they tempt, they, uh, they, they try to cause us to not just disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but to be distracted from doing the good deeds of obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But on top of that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also mentions that the shayateen uh, do not have any sultan. They don't have any control over you. Except for those that willingly follow them. And so in all situations, in all situations, the shayateen do not, the devils do not control anyone. They don't have ownership of you. The only thing that they can do is whisper. And it's your choice whether or not you entertain their temptations and entertain their whispers and allow yourself to go down that path. Okay, so it's your choice whether or not you give them that access to your heart and that access to your thoughts that they constantly seek throughout the day and throughout the night. Okay, so that's that's the first thing. They are capable of waswas. They're capable of whispering. They don't have control over you. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions to us an-nafs al-ammara bisu' inna nafs al-ammaratun bisu' that the self commands evil as well. The self commands evil as well. Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah, he mentioned uh, this or he gave this example of a, a factory that is uh, processing wheat. And he said that the only time that the shaitan finds an opening to be able to plant some of those seeds and plant some of that, uh, some of those, those desires and those temptations and those whispers is when the shaitan finds a void, when the devil finds a void within you. 
And this is really important here because when the Prophet ﷺ talked about dhikr, when he talks about remembrance as a fortress uh, that the devil cannot penetrate, you know, one part of that, one aspect of that, the obvious implication of that is that dhikr, is that re uh, remembrance repels the shayateen away from you. But the other part of that is that if a person is busy with the remembrance of Allah, how are they going to be tempted by the whispers of shaytan, right? The person is too occupied with something beneficial to be tempted to something that is so vain, so lowly, and calls them to something of no purpose. And so there's a there, there's a connection between the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the whispers of shaitan. And if you are busy with good, shaitan cannot busy you with evil. Okay? Shaitan cannot busy you with evil. And so you have to ask yourself, just as dhikr fills a void in the heart, remembrance fills a void in the heart. Remembrance to the heart is, as some of the great scholars mentioned, is like oxygen, right? It's our spiritual oxygen. Dhikr is our spiritual oxygen. And when a person is pumping out the dhikr of Allah, that remembrance of God, there is no room for the shaitan to find himself in there to, to, to dissuade you there. And so some of the scholars commented on this and they built upon this and they said one of the benefits of this is that if you think about the, the, the things that shaitan penetrates in your life, he penetrates your thoughts, he penetrates your deeds, he penetrates your good, he penetrates your social interactions, he penetrates your wealth, he penetrates all of these different things. What you have to ask yourself is how much of that, how much of an opening are you giving to him in the first place to be able to find that, that room to start to twist and start to turn and start to uh, dissuade you and misguide you away from your Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's an important point that if you take the analogy of dhikr to the heart and apply it to everything else. And so if a person has tasted, subhanAllah, uh, right now at this moment, there are, uh, there's, there's a line in Dallas of, of, uh, of people that are picking up food and masks from about you know, 40 Muslim businesses and charities that have come together and they're serving uh, people right and left with food and with masks and things of that sort. And one of the business owners actually made this comment, which I found very beautiful. He said, Alhamdulillah for this opportunity. He said, Wallahi, the sweetness of being able to serve the people in the street right now is greater than the sweetness of business picking up because he owns a store where people can come, you know, which, which is, uh, which puts him in a place of advantage right now and that others are struggling, but you know, people are in need of the things he's selling the food and the groceries he's selling, he said, but the sweetness of being able to, uh, to, to, to spend this in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to do good with this far outweighs the sweetness of the purchases and the racking up of the sales inside the store, the sale of good. And so you don't, you know, when a person starts to go down that track, how is shaitan going to get in and sway that person towards selling haram, sway that person towards selling uh, that which is prohibited in order to build up their sales. If they're really thinking about how wonderful it is that Allah has given them an opportunity to do good with their wealth. And so you, you box the shaitan out of your wealth if you're making that connection and you start to say, you know what? If the sweetness of doing good far outweighs the sweetness of, of racking up something of this world, something that's material, then why would I sell haram? Maybe it's time for me to move on from something that's prohibited and just focus on that which is good and that which is beneficial. So how do you box the shaitan out? When you think about your social interactions, right? 
The Prophet ﷺ taught us to have niyyah, to have a sense of intention with everything that they do. When you are making your friendships in the first place, when you are developing your social circles, on what basis are those social circles being developed? And if you, you know, just think about if you walk into a meeting and you don't have an agenda, uh, how how distracted you're going to be, how far away you're going to go from the actual objectives that are necessary to be fulfilled. And so what is your agenda for everything that you do? And so if the agenda for the heart is to pump dhikr in the spiritual sense, to pump the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then where is the shaitan going to be able to insert those seeds? And some of the scholars said that this is what Allah is, or what the Prophet of Allah is referring to in the hadith where he says, Sufi that the shayateen, that the devils are minimized in their influence. Why? Think about it. Uh, dhikr, remembrance of Allah, and the Quran is the greatest dhikr. The Quran is referred to as al-dhikr. It is the greatest remembrance. The remembrance of Allah sends the devils fleeing from your home. And right now people are trying to finish their khatmas of Quran. The masajid on an ordinary basis would be full of the imams, the hafad that are reciting the Quran out loud for a very long time. The adhan is, is lively in the masjid. The amount of recitation of the Quran, where's the shaitan going to find room in anyone's house right now if the people are engaged in the recitation of the Quran? People that, that, uh, that typically would commit sins outside of Ramadan. And it's important for you to think about, you know, when, when you commit sins uh, inside of Ramadan or when you commit sins outside of Ramadan, you know, you've got people that, uh, that will forsake a sin throughout the entire month of Ramadan, but then as soon as Ramadan's over, go back to it. And then they'll claim that it's just too much for me. I can't get away from this sin. But you just prove that you can get away from it. And so, you know, if the guilt of Ramadan or the weight of the virtue of Ramadan, as is the case for many people that, you know what, I'm not going to do this right now because it's Ramadan. Even though it should be, I'm not going to do this because it's Allah, right? But I'm not going to do this because it's Ramadan. Shaitan's, you know, uh, hopeless that, okay, well, I, I can't sway this person this way because they've already decided I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to listen to this. I'm not going to look at this. I'm not... They've already decided that while they're fasting, they're not going to do these things. So they have no room to penetrate there. Sadaqa, you know, shuts the mouths. Charity shuts the mouths of the devils. It's like, it's like stuffing the mouths of the devils with dirt. Because every time you are called to sadaqa, we know the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, the mouths of those shayateen open, thousands of them, those devils, and say, don't give, don't give, don't give. Worry about your material, worry about your material. And you're stuffing their mouths when you give sadaqa. And think about how many... How many times the shayateen get punched in the face in Ramadan with all of the charity that's given in the month of Ramadan, right? It is the month, it is shahrul sadaqah, the month of sadaqah. So where's the shaytan going to find any room with all of this good that's going on? So it's the environment of good that many of the ulama mentioned that the shayateen find themselves locked out, that they find that, they're, that they cannot penetrate the spaces that they're usually able to penetrate, that they're usually able to penetrate. Now, of course, Allah in His mercy uh, limits their influence. He, he, uh, he shackles them in a way that allows us to get ahead, that allows us to propel ourselves forward, to make those strides towards Allah that we've been called to make throughout the year. But at the end of the day, it comes back to you. And subhanAllah, one you know, very beautiful reflection uh, that, that I'd heard of this hadith uh, from Dr. Uh, Ratib al Nabursi. Some of you know him. He's a very famous um, uh, caller, preacher in, in the Middle East. And he said something really beautiful. And, and he said, Sufi that to Shayateen, you know, if you look at the, the hadith of the Prophet وسلم, where he's talking about Ramadan, uh, he talks about, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the end result. 
the end result. So for example, when you finish a complete Ramadan, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to complete this Ramadan with mercy and with worship at the end of Ramadan, your place in Jannah is guaranteed for you, right? And you're written down from Al-Utaqa, you're written down from those that are freed from the punishment of Jahannam, right? It's written down for you at the end of Ramadan that this, that this person has completed this period they just spent the last 10 nights of Ramadan, may Allah allow us to witness them, saying, Allahumma innaka afu wa tuhibbul afwa fa'afu anni. Oh Allah, you are the one who forgives. You love to forgive, so forgive me. They just finished it, and so Allah writes it all down for them. And so he said, if you think about this person, Sufidat al-Shayateen, he said the meaning, one, one potential meaning that could be extracted from this is that, and this is where we really want to get, that the Shayateen that used to bother you, with certain sins that used to be able to find access to you with certain sins are locked up for good post Ramadan because you've repented to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you said, I'm not going back to those sins. You've made a firm determination to not go back to those sins. And so it's like the shayateen are put away just as you're being recorded amongst the people of paradise at the end of Ramadan, like you have finished that beautiful period of fasting, that beautiful period of worship, you have finished that beautiful period of immersing yourself in Allah's mercy. You have engaged the Qur'an, you've engaged prayer, you cried in supplication. You are written now at the end of this period amongst uh, the people of Jannah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst them. The shayateen are locked up and put away. This is a person that I'm not gonna be able to get to anymore because they're not going to give me access. They're not going to give me access. I don't have a way to get back to that person because that person has put in the controls in Ramadan in the midst of their repentance to where they will not let me back in. And so you want to give Shaytan a life sentence, right? You don't just want to give him a month sentence. You want to give him a life sentence. Is it possible? We talked about in the Angels series, we mentioned the the uh, a couple of episodes ago, uh, the the example of Umar al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu, who when the Shaytan sees Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu on the road, he just goes to another road. He says, I have no way to access Umar radiallahu anhu. He's just, he's so determined to please his Lord, to do what's right, that I just can't penetrate his mind. I can't penetrate his heart. I just, you know, it, it's, it's defeat, admitting defeat. And Imam Hassan al-Basri rahimahullah, he said, describing uh, al-waswas al-khannas, al-waswas al-khannas, that Allah describes the shaytan in two seemingly conflicting ways. Al-Waswas is the one who whispers, Khannas is the one who sinks away. You know, Shayateen can be locked up in Ramadan, you wanna drown them to death, right? So Khannas is literally someone who sinks, who drowns, they're gone. They cannot, they, you know, not, not in the literal sense, but in the way they can't affect you, they cannot uh, ruin you because you've decided to, to, to connect to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Imam Hassan al-Basri rahimahullah, he said that when a person uh, remembers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, uh, when, you, when you become heedless of Allah, when you become heedless of Allah, then you let shaitan in to whisper. And then when you remember Allah, when you remember Allah, shaitan's like a drowning individual, like a drowning creation. He's got no access to you. He has no way to get to you because your dhikr is forming a fortress. Your remembrance is forming a fortress. Allah refers to the Quran as dhikr. Allah refers to salah as dhikr, to the prayer as dhikr, as remembrance. 
What are the fortresses that you're building in your life right now to give shaitan a life sentence so that he will never be able to come back to you with the power and the access that he had before and his power and access was already merely of one of temptation, merely of one of whispering and he's not gonna be able to have that or, or he will not be able to have that to the same effect and impact. If you sentence him by your actions and by your setting up those fortresses, the way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you the ability to uh, so that he may not be able to penetrate once again. And so we've got to think about these things in the ulama, uh, really talk about this idea of making the shaitan uh, despair in you. And that's a beautiful concept. How do I make the devil? And his name is Iblis. Uh, the, the chief of the shayateen is Iblis, which means the one who despaired. Iblis comes from Ablasa, the one who despaired. What did he despair in? He despaired in the mercy of Allah. He gave up on the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he chose to go down a dark path. How do I make the shayateen uh, despair in me to where they don't feel like they can lead me astray anymore? They lose hope in you. They lose hope in you because they don't know how to take you away anymore because you are focused on pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so the greatest thing that you come out of Ramadan is not that shaitan was put away for a month only to come back at you, you know, uh, uh, viciously, right? Only to come back at you with a vengeance. And uh, a lot of times we see right as soon as Eid happens, things happen. And that might be, by the way, one of the things that shaitan is really sad about is if quarantine continues, he might not get all those Eid parties where shayateen have plenty of access to some of those Eid parties, right? <laughs> you know, it's not just their Eid Salah. He might not have that access anymore, you know? But in our own individual lives, how do I lock him out? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not going to hold him back for a month just to release him like a wild dog on me after Ramadan. Allah is giving you an opportunity to put him away for good. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us to fortify ourselves, to guide us to fortify ourselves with the deeds that cause us to be surrounded by the angels and the deeds that cause us to have those angels report to him uh, in, in a way that's favorable in our regard and in a way that attains his pleasure and in a way that causes our shayateen to despair, just like the chief of those devils despaired in the mercy of Allah. May they despair from leading us away from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allahumma ameen. I pray that you all uh, continue to find blessing in this Ramadan. And I hope that you all are engaging in your taraweeh, in your, in your recitation and finding, uh, you know, great fruit in this Ramadan. And it's a, the day of Friday, a blessed day in a blessed month of Ramadan. So I want to remind you all, inshallah ta'ala, to increase in salawat today, to increase in the prayers upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. I want to remind you to, 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 uh, to recite Surah Al-Kahf if you can today, inshallah ta'ala. I want to remind you uh, to uh, make use of the last hour of the day, Sa'atul Ijaba. Uh, the last hour of the day before Maghrib, which is already an accepted time for the fasting person of supplication to increase that because now you have the Friday, uh, the, the blessing of Friday with the blessing of being in the last hour of your fasting. And of course, to remind you, inshallah ta'ala, uh, to, uh, uh, to also do acts of good. And one of those acts of good is sadaqah, is an act of charity. So uh, if you feel inclined, inshallah ta'ala, then uh, please do support the work that's being done at Yaqeen and the work that's being done uh, by all of our beautiful organizations that, of course, uh, are uh, out there serving right now in such beautiful ways. Jazakumullah khairan. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you all. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept from us all 
I'll see you all tonight, inshallah ta'ala, for Quran 30 for 30. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.